it is a, a, a very important moment because I think if we don't find ways to to change the perception of our discipline, it, it, it's not sustainable. Welcome to the Failover Plan podcast. I'm Shane Matthew. Back in May, after being locked in my house for a few straight weeks, I was looking for a way to distract myself from the stress of dealing with COVID-19. I decided that as a creative outlet, I would start a podcast that would help me pass the time, but also help me get better at business continuity by talking with others who had been doing this work for a while or that had a new and innovative approach to making their programs better. And so far, it's been working. The guests I've had on the show have been enlightening and have actually made me think hard about the programs I've created in the past and the way I would help clients going forward. Now, episode two and three in particular, where I interviewed Dr. David Lindstedt and Mark Armour, the co-authors of the book Adaptive Business Continuity, A New Approach, really inspired my reflection on the industry as a whole and how we approach innovation. I know that when you mention those names, the script might require you to cue the bad guy music because like myself, many are still trying to figure out how ABC works and if this much change is really needed in the industry. At this point, I'm still on the fence, but I'm a big believer in hearing multiple opinions and investing time to learn about other perspectives before making a decision. And so to do that, I decided to talk to someone that is actually implementing the practices of ABC to see why one would be interested in approaching business continuity in this way. This week, I'm interviewing Jose Glare, a business continuity professional with more than 20 years of experience within the financial sector in Peru. Jose has been leading BC programs at Peruvian companies within the pension fund, insurance, and banking industries. He's approached the principles of ABC just like many others with a healthy dose of skepticism. And as you'll hear from his story, has a unique approach to melding the traditional programs with the ABC model. Just a quick reminder that if you haven't done so yet, join the Failover Plan podcast LinkedIn group or subscribe to our newsletter before August 31st to enter our raffle for a $50 gift card to Amazon.com. You can find more information on our website at failoverpodcast.com. All right, let's get on with the show. Well, uh, thank you, Jose, for uh, joining me today on the Failover Plan podcast. It's exciting to be able to talk to someone in a completely different country uh, than than I'm used to. So, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks, and I'm very very glad to to participate in, in your show. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we got introduced um, because. You know, as we've done the episode with the adaptive business continuity, we met with David and Mark. Uh, you know, one of the questions I asked them off uh, recording was just to say, "Hey, look, you know, you're you're speaking about this process. You you're obviously passionate about it. You know, who's using it? You know, who's actually advocating? Or besides you two, who who else believes in this?" And so they pointed me to you as someone who may be a good example of somebody who understands the principles and is using it. So I wanted to explore some time with you and talk to you and just get your real feelings about this, this uh, approach to business continuity. So I think it would be really cool to understand, you know, how, how you got into the industry in the, in the first place. I mean, it, being in Peru, it's definitely going to be a different experience than in the United States. So, you know, tell me a little bit about your background uh, what you do currently, but also a little bit about, uh, you know, where you came from, how you started in the business continuity world. As, as many of, of the professionals 
in the business continuity industry, I think I come from technology. I studied a technical career. I was on, on IT. I worked on IT uh, department in the several companies uh, for almost 14 years in different uh, functions. And in 2008, I had the opportunity to, to move to a to an, another area, to a, a risk department that the company I, I worked for at that time. And it was because uh, the regulator here in Peru, the, the regulator of all the, the banks, the insurance companies were thinking of publishing um, a new law about business continuity. And it was the first time in my country that uh, business continuity was uh, w were going to be uh, some mandatory uh, um, a must for for the companies before that in peru business con business continuity was unknown a non formal what year was this about when did this happen 2000 Nine. So was there some circumstance that happened in the financial industry or other industry that kind of started this? Or this was just kind of catching up with other people in other countries? I think the, the regulator here was thinking about de developing this. I, I think because in, in other countries, you know, Europe, United States, maybe there was a tendency, uh, a need for regulation about about this and I, I, I had the, this, this chance, this opportunity to, to be in charge of, of this project in, in the company to develop, to create the, the process, the, the, the program for business continuity in, in this company. And it was all new stuff for, for all of us. I, I came from IT and I, I had to, to learn more about risk management i had to learn about uh, business continuity in general uh, and it was 2009 the, the regulation in peru the first regulation about business continuity was at that year and that that was my my, my starting in in this industry okay so did did you learn explain a little bit more about how you had to kind of teach yourself this concept was it based entirely on the regulate regulations that were provided to you through the Peruvian government, or was this something that you researched on your own and looked at uh, other countries and how they approach business continuity? How did you uh, How did you learn? Okay, uh, at that time, we, we I worked in 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 a company for a company was like a fund pension company. You know, here we call here an AFP. It's not a, a company for for fund pensions, and and but this company was a. Uh, like a subsidiary of of a, of a economic group of um, a holding uh, that had a bank. Uh, in fact, it was the, the first bank uh, here in Peru, and and the bank was also working on that new uh, topic called business continuity. But as as you can imagine, it, it was it was a bank, and, and the banks already have been developing and, and working on disaster recovery uh, on IT disaster recovery. And the, the bank, they had some this this group uh, of uh, many experts uh, in the bank. They they had um, the support of, of a consultant company, and and they uh, they they were helping them to develop 
this um, methodology, this process. I, when I, I, I check the, that documentation from time to time, and and when I when I get get back to, to that uh, uh, documents, I see that there there were uh, something very different uh, to what finally uh, we have now. At that time, the way we were thinking, developing how to make business continuity is like more seem to what now uh, we call adaptive. Oh, uh, really? Yes, it's a curious thing. And they, at that time, for example, uh, it didn't exist things like MT, MTPD, for example. Maximum you know? tolerable downtime. Yes, that didn't exist. And they talked about to have plans for all the departments and not only for the critical departments, for example. Uh, it's interesting uh, how this changed later when the regulation came and the consultant and the, the ISO uh, 22301 came in 2012. I think the methodology, the um, approach changed a lot but answering to your question at the first that that way that it, it was that's how you figured yes, out yes yes i was how i learned about business continuity okay so let me just clarify you're saying that in 2009 the way that this was initially started in the company that you worked in based on consulting help or based on um, the peruvian standards that were administered that was a different approach than what you see in the industry and that approach was more aligned with adaptive principles than it is with industry principles at that time it was at least started in a, a much more yes i think the the way we, we were thinking how to uh, do business continuity was more like what, what now we call adaptive wow huh uh, i think many things were changed and maybe looking for some some kind of, of efficiencies, uh, simple ways to to do things for the practitioners, for the auditors, for the regulators, and this is what 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 I think about. Wow. Okay. Okay. So you know, as you move forward in 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 time, you know, you 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 started. You started to see these regulations. You're you're now working in a position that, um, you know, you're tasked with developing these these procedures and processes for your company. Um, when when did you or you know what would be some of the traditional practices you implemented um, at the beginning of your journey? Was it did you do the business business impact analysis and develop a plan and all those things? I've practiced all of the, all of the, <laughs> the steps, bases, and deliverables, and all the methodologies uh, that that you can study and you can you can read on, on the standards and the regulations. the The regulator here in Peru is 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 very appealed to uh, to the to the ISO twenty two three hundred one now, and in fact. This year, in February, they, they have published a new law about the, the second. It's the second time after, uh, like almost eleven or twelve years after the first law about business continuity. This year, in February, they published the new the new law about how to do the business continuity, and it is very very stick to the 
ISO 22301 standard. So, so you're in an environment now then that it, that is completely focused in on ISO standards and following the traditional way that we look at business continuity, right? So in Peru, that's the accepted standard. And so financial organizations are required to follow those standards, right? Yes. And uh, this law, they said the, the practice of business continuity that we encourage to the, to the companies in the financial system to, to follow is based on the ISO 22301 and the BCI um, practices and methods is explicitly stated. All right. So let's move into a discussion around, uh, you know, meeting David and Mark or, or understanding the principles of adaptive. Like, tell me when you, when did you first hear about adaptive business continuity as a, as a methodology? I was like uh, two years ago, um, reading on, on, on LinkedIn, um, forums and, uh, articles, you know, the experts, uh, publish and talk about, I, I get into, into one of these, um, controversial <laughs> articles <laughs> and, and, and the, and the, and all of this conflict and fight <laughs> about in, in between the experts about the to doing or not or not doing the, the BIA for example or the, the 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 very need for the binder of documentation or, or not and I, it caught my, my, my attention and I wanted to 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 know more about it and I bought the book it was um, one year and a half I think and I uh, read the book I uh, studied the book I take various notes um, about the book and I started to uh, send emails to David and Mark about uh, my questions, my, um, my doubts um, about uh, the, the, the approach that they were uh, proposing. I received answers. They knew about my interest. And this year, they invited me to the certification course. And this time was going to be online because of the pandemic crisis you know so tell me when when you were emailing them at first what were some of your questions like what were some of your concerns one of the first issues that um, get get your your attention is the the bia topic you know and um and for those who, who don't know it the idea is that uh adaptive business continuity really focuses on elimination of the business impact analysis which is a very controversial idea in, in the first place yeah this is this is a controversial idea and and this is i i think being the bia the milestone the the first the the the, the pillar i don't know the words the pillar but, yeah no you got it yes Yes, uh, of of all our programs, our BC programs, not to doing it was like a very powerful and you know very conflicting topic to talk about and for me to understand. So I need to know more about why, about if it was really necessary to eliminate. I want to understand more about it. Um, and that was um, was the one of the first emails 
and and one of the first uh, things that I needed to to understand and be sure to trust really in this new approach. So they were they were able to explain their the concept to you in a way that uh, made sense. I think the reasons made made a lot of sense to me, but I think this is going to 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 have a very profound uh, implications for the companies that are regulated uh, in for example in in, in the um, financial industry in Peru uh, and I, I assume in other parts of the world uh, that we are obligated to to do it uh, so it is a challenge I think it's going to be a challenge how to con- conceal th- those those two ideas maybe you have to do it anyway because because the regulator is going to ask you to to do it and if and the regulator will ask uh, you evidence and if you if you don't have a, a BIA you can put your company in a, a risk in a very important risk so I think I'm not sure how how to conceal those those two ideas but t- uh, talking about the BIA I think maybe we we could make a like a like a hybrid approach maybe an adaptive approach for regulated companies that maybe could be some, in some way different to companies not regulated I think that the approach is powerful and and is uh, revolutionary you know but I'm not, but I'm not sure if, if it is possible to move to to that approach in one step, not doing it progressively, you know, at least in regulated companies. Yeah, this is that that's that's definitely an interesting point to make because that is the conflict that many people would have with moving towards this type of approach is the fact that regulations are centered around our traditional mechanisms and methodology. So, you know, what else besides the BIA, which is obviously the biggest controversy around this, what else did you have questions on? Did you have any other questions around the way they, they laid it out? What else? Yes. And and I think that's, that's the reason uh, for, for David and and, and Mark point uh, me to you. I, I'm a questioning person. And um, and I think, for example, the, the risk the risk assessment. I I think I I would uh, give it a, a chance. I, I I'm not totally agree with eliminating the risk the risk assessment. You know, listening to to a previous podcast of yours, you can remember um, Scott Baldwin. You know. In the last part of, of the podcast, he talked about the the future of the business continuity, and and he and he talked about and he talked about a lot of risk management, um, the, the the importance of risk management, but maybe a different kind of method, the the timely a different timely manner, you know, uh, of doing risk management, but but I think eliminating risk management at all i don't think it it, it could be <laughs> a good idea also well maybe that's the same thing you were saying earlier you know it's not necessarily um 
uh, eliminating as much as transitioning to a, a new way of doing it or, or taking some of the better elements of the risk assessment and, and incorporating it into whatever is next. And I, and I think that's, I, I think I value that about what David and Mark have been saying more than really just about ABC is about, hey, look, we need to look at things um, critically and examine things and say, hey, look, this is good, but how can it be better? You know, and and I think that's that's what a core message to take away from their their thought process, and I, I sense that in what you're saying here. I think yes, I think business continuity has two two moments or two two worlds or two lines of action. Two lines of action. I don't know. If, um, the first one is is um, preparing the company and 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 improving the capabilities, and I'm I'm absolutely agreed with with the adaptive VC proposal in that in that um, aspect but I think there is another line more like um, Scott Baldwin uh, talked uh, with you in the last podcast and it was I think you can also you must also procure uh, 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 seek for not the, the bad things happen in 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 the in the scope that you um, that you can, and that it could be accomplished uh, doing some kind of, of risk assessment about it is about prevention. You know, this is another line of action. Maybe this line of action could uh, be less demanding in in efforts. Maybe. Uh, maybe um, 80, 20 percent, um, but I don't think you must eliminate this this aspect, this this site of looking for what could happen and what could we do to mitigate probability of the things that are in our control. For example, in IT, in infrastructure management in uh, in facility uh, uh, securing you know the things that are in our control right right so i want to go back uh, to you know your experience when you first heard about adaptive you you talked to david and mark and you answered questions uh, or they answered questions uh, that you had and it seems as though even you know past that that type of discussion, you're not completely abandoning the past uh, because there are some regulatory requirements of you to keep those things alive. And there's also some questions that you still say, well, you know what, I agree with some of it, but not all of it necessarily. So, you know, how have you adapted or how have you put adaptive business principles into your current approach to planning? Have you, have you taken any steps that actually represent what ABC uh, states to do? Yes, yes. Uh, taking taking a part of that two issues, the rest of the principles are very necessary to apply as soon as possible. Okay, like what? For example, one, one of the, the important um, topics is uh, the documentation. And I, I think, in, and not only with Adaptive BC, but uh, also... I read about about this in, in other experts' opinions and, and articles. It's about not 
focusing so so extremely on document and document all the the things that the the departments, right. the critical departments or the departments in general are going to to do should an event occurs. I think uh, the, the documentation has to be minimal. The, um, the capabilities must be implemented, developed, trained. And this is the, 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 the most important thing to do than uh, document. Yeah. So for, so for those who don't know, the, the, one of the 10 principles is that uh, document only for mnemonics, really. Basically, it's making documentation only for, you know, as a reminder, as opposed to a step-by-step and, and, you know, completely detailed uh, plans that we're traditionally accustomed to. This is their, their, their advice and their principle is just simply to say, hey, let's, the documents are a guide at, at the most. Yes. And I've started to to apply this principle in in my company now, and so tell me and, about that. How how is that? Uh, how are you applying that? Um, okay, it's interesting because first of all, you have to convince your own business continuity team. <laughs> I I work I work for I work with two other guys, two other um, professionals and business continuity professionals. With me, we are we are three. Uh, in, in the team, in the business continuity team, and I am the only one who knows about adaptive and, and the, the one who um, um, and You've was, embraced it. Yes, and <laughs> and and it is a, a, a very interesting way to 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 test uh, this this approach because if you can if you can't convince your own team, your own busy busy team. It's going to be impossible to convince the other the, the whole company. So you have to make first uh, a job of explaining and 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 changing the mind of your team. And I had to do that, and it got it, it cost me a really? lot. Really? What do you mean? Like uh, were they upset with you, or was it uh, did they leave? No, because no, 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 no. It, it was tough because the, the, the I, I think professionals are used to do the things uh, in some in some way the way that they uh, the, the way we learned uh, at, the, at the beginning of our careers and when when the years pass doing things you get to love that the, the way you you do you do things you know and you convince yourself that this is the only way uh, and this is the, the the best way to do things and this is difficult to change i have uh, complaints about for example no 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 uh, the documentation has to have written down has to uh, specify has to to be very specific about what the any 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 role or, or participant in this area has to do uh, or for example the this is a, another another misconception i think that if the people the workers in one area for example are not available you can bring another team different people to do uh, this critical process and the, your documentation 
must uh, be useful for those people who know anything about uh, thinking uh, in that way. It right. is logical to have a very specific, very, very well written and well uh, specified procedures and, and, and information. And then you have a documentation plans, you have plans of 40, 45, 50 pages. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 it was difficult to convince them that there that that wasn't the best way to do it and finally i, I could uh and now we are having a this this pilot you know with with two departments and you can't you, you and believe me that the emotion that the, the leaders of these two departments um have when when you say to them that your your BCP are passing from forty pages to seven pages, it's uh, unbelievable. Wow, that's that's a significant yeah. drop in number of uh, details there. So they were happy with that change. You saw that in your department. Not not only happy, they they you you feel the joy that the. the <laughs> The thing, the thankfulness. <laughs> no? Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. They they thank me in some way. You know that is the the way that that we uh, must do it. So that that kind of a that solidified in your mind that you're going in the right direction when you saw that. Now the question has to be asked. asked you know, do you, do you, have you tested their ability to implement the seven page or shorter documented plan and, and how, how they do? Do you know for certain that that plan is, is better? Um, I, as, as I, as I was, I was saying, we're making this pilot, this, um, we were trying, we, we are making, starting with these two areas. Uh, but for um, but one one of the things that another leader told us some weeks ago was, we have this forty pages BCP, and when the pandemic started, when when COVID nineteen came, we we take this BCP this forty pages BCP, and we started to to read it, and then we simply put it away because it was it wasn't <laughs> any useful at all. I'm so excited to hear that uh, even in different countries, we we always experience as BC professionals almost the same reaction. <laughs> yes, it, it's not. It's these detail plans are are uh, received in the same way, no matter the the yeah. country or the culture. It's always yeah. the same. That's funny. Yeah. Yes, and when we try to uh, due to the the comment about. Uh, of this leader and we are trying to make these new seven pages um, BCPs and we are doing it always stressing asking uh, ourselves and asking to the leaders if you had these new BCPs at the beginning of the pandemic it would be um, useful to you and, and the answer and the answer in these two first uh, cases was yes well then then you have some evidence there that you obviously have some anecdotal evidence that uh, that is that the, one of the principles of ABC is being received well by your organization and I think that's key for keeping programs I, you know that's one of the topics I often uh, 
resonate too is the idea of um, uh, programs that get uh, you know cut. You know, and and what are some of the reasons behind that? And I think the way people receive the business continuity program and the way they see it as effective or the way they see it as helpful is vitally important to how long your life as a BC manager is in that company. Uh, so this definitely seems to to help that way. Okay. You know, is, is, is what's the plan going forward for you? And, you know, obviously you're, you're, you're taking a pilot approach and you're, you're not just shoving everything aside and in using ABC principles, you know, what do you think your uh, rollout plan is going to look like to, do you think you'll ever be fully adaptive business continuity all the way? Or do you think, um, it'll be a transition? Yes, it will be, um, transition way. Uh, I, I think the next step and, and not necessarily, uh, in a sequential, in a sequential manner, we are starting with, with this, with these two areas, two departments. We have 38 uh, other departments to, to do uh, the same approach for transforming their BCPs to a, to a, to a more useful and, and more simple uh, BCP. But in parallel, uh, we're going to, to apply another principle that, uh, that I think is it's so important, that is the, the measurement principle you know uh, this is another another limitation i think in the way our discipline is perceived uh, inside our organizations i think the measuring uh, only the number of deliverables the date when we updated deliverables like the pia the risk assessment, the very documentation plans, um, those are not the best ways to measure capabilities. So I think um, the next step for us would be the structure and structure and and design uh, some kind of dashboard, some kind of scorecard of uh, measurements about the real capabilities, uh, the way adaptive is um, is proposing, you know, capabilities uh, uh, for recovery for every for every department, and it's in, in some way like the maturity um, uh, level measurement, but specifically in the capabilities. Uh, for recovery in terms of facilities, uh, uh, IT um, applications, uh, suppliers, uh, people, and and any other kind of uh, critical resources that they would lose. And if and the capabilities is is, is measured in the terms of how prepared and how other alternative ways of um, doing the, 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 the process uh, they have in place, you know. Uh, I think it, it is a very, and, and another very 
very very important um, topic because the the way we are, we are perceived inside the organizations in the top management of the organizations are now is is, is being perceived as a compliance uh, function and it is because we measure uh, the documentation of the programs and not the capabilities in itself. Well, hey, listen, um, one thing I want to end on and, and just ask the question, you know, adaptive business continuity has obviously is relatively new. Um, it, it's not widespread, though it's growing. Um, uh, and, you know, I just recently did an episode with David and Mark where we talk about, you know, it's been about five years since they started, uh, and that five years they've had some challenges and I, and I think some of it, they, they recognize, uh, as being because of things that they, how they approached it or how they revealed, uh, their, their ideas. And it just, you know, it caught people off guard or it may be, uh, the way that they conveyed the message may not have been received well, you know. Where do you think um, they could have done it a little differently? You know, what what's your impressions of their of the way they came onto the scene and the way that adaptive came onto the scene and 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 maybe where they could have done some things better? Uh, I talked about this in, with another another expert and another uh, adaptive BC um, um, promoter, and I I was saying to to him that. That I think being so ag aggressively um, positioned against the traditional uh, approach, it, 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 I don't think it uh, was the the best um, the best way to do to do it because it I I don't know it uh, get brings to Passionate, right? Um, <laughs> to say uh, the responses. least. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. And in 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 some in some discussions, even between so-called experts and professionals, you know. Uh, but uh, you, you 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 can you can read not so professionals way right. to um, arguments or and you know, and it, it, it and it is um, it is sad, but. In other um, in other perspective, I understand that this was um, a way of 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 you know to 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 get attention. attention. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. So um, I I I can I can't um, criticize or or you know to say they uh, couldn't uh, couldn't do it in another way, but. I I would maybe do it uh, less confrontational. Uh, I maybe would uh, start showing uh, uh, real cases, uh, evidence, more evidence of, of of like like this conversation, right. for example. Mm -hmm. In fact, this conversation can can help uh, to embrace uh, the principles, not maybe all of the principles. You know, in in uh, uh, upfront, but but maybe um, to embrace it, yes, progressively and embracing uh, uh, principle by principle. You know, it is necessary to uh, 
to talk about and to discuss about about all these um, these issues. I want to 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 tell you one one interesting initiative we we're having here in Peru right now. The Association of of the of the of bankers here in Peru. We have a a team a work team, and I I have in one commission uh, that was in charge to analyze and to find out what could be made different about specifically mm. the BIA in in the in Peru in the banks uh, thinking with the perspective of what happened in this COVID-19 crisis yeah so uh, in fact this last um, two weeks with other four of the banks. Uh, we developed um, some uh, survey um, with 20 questions about the, the, the value that every entity uh, founded and the, the useful uh, that the BIA was for any of them. Uh, what specifically of the deliverables of the BIA, the RTO, the RPO, the MTPD, the priorities, the sequential of uh, recovery, uh, the resources, the critical resources of, for each one of, of these deliverables of components of the VIA was valuable, was useful with, with a punctuation from one to four. No? So, so we, 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 we have um, doing some kind of research, research about 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 this and and i think this this kind of 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 work of 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 looking for evidences of looking for um real real cases help a right. lot yeah I, I think i think david and and mark uh and, and and those that are following adaptive this is an opportunity in in the age of covid to really reflect and say okay how did the traditional approach work uh, was there a benefit and were there problems and could have, could adaptive solve some of those problems? Maybe, you know, and, and I think this is an excellent, that's interesting to, uh, to say that there are people now starting to reflect on, on the traditional tools right now. That's good. That's a good thing, I think, because that can really develop and help develop better, better approaches going forward. Um, so let me, let me end on one thing. Let me ask this question. Um, you know, for those people that are still kind of wary about adaptive practices or, you know, maybe just now learning more and more about adaptive, you know, how would, wh what would you say? Would you recommend people to adopt the practices or, or what would you say to somebody who's kind of saying, Hey, you know, what do you think? What, what should I do? I I definitely recommend the, the the studying and really really diving into the approach. I don't know the words right. Like like getting very profoundly profoundly to to this approach because I'm very agreed with with Mark uh, uh, when when he said that you need to know about other ways to do things and to compare and to, to get what 
serves you most, what is most useful and applicable, I don't know, what it best suits to your reality, to your context, and not to be right. stick it like a robot, like a, you know, like a lamb, you know, to, to one way of, do, of doing things. And it is a, a, a very important, a, a very important moment because I, I think if we don't find uh, ways to, to change the perception of our discipline, uh, it, it's not sustainable, you know. And if, if, we, if we keep doing things with, with the flag of compliance, with the flag of we must do it because the regulator uh, says that we must do it this way right. will be perceived as auditors as um, operational risk you know and and we are not uh, if if our purpose is to improve the level of preparation if to is, is to improve the capabilities we must do that uh, we, we must mainly do that for example in for for many years in the different companies i worked for if if you see our uh, annual plan you you see that most of the time we were spending uh, doing bia via doing risk assessment uh, writing uh, documentation deliverables and not doing the things we need to, to do it that is improving capability. I think this, this, uh, this must change uh, as soon as possible. Well, thank you, Jose. We appreciate your time today. This, this has been a great conversation to me. It gives me an opportunity to learn from someone who's actually implementing uh, the practices of adaptive business continuity. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, and I hope we can continue these conversations as you continue your exploration of ABC. Sure. Sure, and 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 I'm I'm and it is an, an, an honor to, to be here in, in, in your show, and to be considered um, as you know as a, as a <laughs> Peruvian, as a Latin American, as a non-English speaker, you know. And thank to you, uh, I'm, I'm available to you when, when you when, when you need. Thanks for joining us this week on the Failover Plan podcast. You can find out more about Jose Garay by visiting our website at failoverpodcast.com. We'll continue to explore this and other innovative ways practitioners are building their programs. If you have an opinion or a program you think I should highlight, let me know by sending us a message. We'd love to hear from you. As always, make sure to subscribe on iTunes and other podcast sites to the Failover Plan podcast. Leave us a review this week so we can keep on getting better. Thanks again for listening, and remember, why learn how to do something on your own when there's got to be someone else who may have already learned this the hard way?